0: Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Exodus chapter number 5. That's where we're going to start. I'm going to read a little piece of Ephesians chapter 6 here because we've been in it for the last few weeks in Sunday school. And this kind of fits within the category, what we're going to talk about. But Ephesians chapter 6... We've been talking about the, we're going to be in Exodus. Don't worry, you don't have to be in Ephesians 6. I'm just going to read something to you. And you've heard it over and over again in Sunday school, but it applies to this. Uh, It talks about putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, as Ephesians six twelve. 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then it goes on to talk about taking on the whole armor of God. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, I want to paint a picture today. And we're going to pray before we get started. But I want to show you some of the ways in which the devil will hold you back, or he'll try to hold you back, or he'll try to divert you. And so, uh, we know of all kinds of ways, so this is just going to be a reminder probably, but let's go ahead and pray, shall we? Amen. So, you know how I like types and pictures, and when we look at Egypt, and we look at the Israelites in Egypt, we see a type of bondage, and and you can be in bondage to sin, whether you realize it or not. Sin will give you some habits. It was the preacher said, sin will take you farther than you ever want to go and uh, make you pay more than you ever want to pay. But uh, we see Egypt as a type of the world, as a type of bondage to sin. There, Pharaoh and the Egyptians had the Israelites in bondage. They, They forced them to work for them. They forced them to make the brick. They forced them to lay down the brick and build their buildings. And they beat them when they didn't do it. So we see a picture there with Pharaoh at the top of it as a type of Satan. And this is the picture that we're looking at today. We're not going to go into too much detail because if you notice right here, those of you Bible scholars that know, we're right here in the middle of all the plagues. We're not going to talk a lot about the plagues, but I wanted to show you something that kind of stands out in in Pharaoh's refusal to let the people go. You remember God called Moses from the burning bush and he, he sent him to talk to the people and Moses was afraid to do it. And... uh all the way down to the point where Moses said, Lord, just send somebody else. And that's when God got mad. But Moses obeyed and he went to Pharaoh. And uh, verse number, chapter 5, verse number 1, and afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Now this is the thing that we're looking at. This is the point of contention. Because Moses is going in there and he's saying, let my people go that we may worship the Lord in the wilderness. He's setting the condition. He's setting the place where they're going to be. God has told Moses what to tell Pharaoh. This isn't something that Moses made up. And so he goes to him, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, verse number two, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey. remember this, this setting here. Three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. They wanted to be obedient to what God had told them to do. He said, Three days' journey into the wilderness and to offer sacrifice. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore wherefore do you, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works go you under their burdens, or get you under under your burdens? And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying you should no more give the people straw to make brick, as heretofore... Let them go and gather straw for themselves. So when we look at this in type and we see someone trying to come out of bondage, Moses is saying, let my people go. You see someone, you, you witness this. I'm just painting the picture here. You witness to someone and you tell them about Jesus Christ. And when, when I went out with Brother Chad, I saw a bunch of people. Brother Chad wasn't hesitant to talk. He wasn't timid about talking to somebody. And you see the eyes of them, you see them listen to what he's saying and he's talking to them and you see their heart moving and you see them wanting, you see them excited to know about God, excited to know that they can have a relationship with God, excited to know that when they die, there's not an end or there's not an end in hell. They're excited to know that, that Jesus Christ came down, lived 33 years and died on the cross for their sins. And you see that excitement. And there, there, there's a thing that takes place when someone gets saved or when someone gets close to wanting to know the Lord. I know someone in my own life. I remember talking to him and I thought for sure he was going to get saved. Somebody had witnessed to him that he was driving to work with. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of starting to think about that. Well, I was miles away. I couldn't follow up, but I was getting excited. And it's like, man, he's going to get saved. But something happened to where he didn't. I think Satan will put obstacles in your way. And these are some of the obstacles that I see that Satan will put in your way. He'll cause you to compromise on some things. So Moses comes and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh starts out this whole adventure. And he says, you got too much slack time. I'm about to make you busy. I think one of the ways Satan will get, you know, somebody will get excited about going to church and they'll start going to church on Sunday. One of the first tools that Satan will use is he'll get you busy doing something. And I I hear this and it's like, well, are you picking? I'm not picking on anybody. This is just the fact of what Satan will do. Everyone has to ask the Lord in their own heart, is this what Satan's doing to me or is this what I need to be doing? There's some times that you got to get busy. You have to take care of your own. And Satan, will, he'll, he'll tie you to that, too. Now, the first thing Satan did was he made them busier. He said, all right, you want to worship God, you want to go. He said, you need to go. you got too much time on your hands. He said, the first thing you're going to have to do Is that straw that we've been providing, you could go over to the pile and it was all provided for you? Well, now you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to scratch for the straw to make the brick, to put it together. And it'll happen a lot of times in someone's life. They'll start thinking about going to church and they'll get busy, you know. I hear this and I'm thinking about a brother and I am not picking on the brother, (laughs) you know. I am not picking on the brother, but... He'll make you busy. You'll get a job promotion. You may get to go into a church. I remember when we were in Alabama, we had found a church that we were at home in. I think if we had stayed in Decatur, Alabama, we'd have probably grown in the Lord a lot more. There was discipleship there. There was witnessing on Tuesday night. We were learned. The preaching was good. The singing was good. And that's not what draws you to But we were going to church, and we were happy to go to church, and we were learning more and more. That was one of the first places when I started seeing types in the Bible. But then I, there was a job opening down in uh, Thomasville. Now, I can't say that we weren't supposed to take that. I didn't have enough discernment at the time. All I knew was that I kept, I kept taking the next best thing, the next thing up the ladder. I didn't know how long this one was going to last. I took the the job within the company. I moved down there to a different part of it, and then we kind of moved on from there. But you never know what you missed out on. I know that we went to church down in Thomasville when we moved again to Warner Robins. We tried going to church, and we began to fall out of church. Now, church won't get you to heaven. You understand me on that, right? Church won't get you to heaven... And being around Christians won't get you to heaven. Knowing the Lord Jesus Christ will get you to heaven. But let me tell you something. If you cut fellowship with God's people out of your life, you're eventually going to wither on the vine. Unless you've just got something going at the house where you're worshiping the Lord every day and you're in your Bible every day, but gradually, bit by bit, the chances are that you're going to fade away. Your, your walk's going to fade away because the only people you associate with are people outside the church. We join together as a body so that we can, you know, the church will form together, they'll get a pastor to teach them. It's just like in the, there we go. It's just like in the book of Acts, you know, when they said it's not fit that we should leave the word of God to, to, to minister to the people. The, the church joins together as a body so that they can conduct the Lord's work. And so that they can worship and learn about the Lord. So one of the first things Satan will do is he'll say, well, you're just not busy enough. And he had them out making, finding the straw to make the bricks with. And then when they were slow on their production and they were down on production, and then the taskmasters began to beat them for it. And then there was something that happened. They didn't get mad at Pharaoh. Pharaoh. They didn't get mad mad at the one who had them in bondage. They were used to the bondage. They'd been living in it for years. They were used to it. They'd been dealing with it. But they weren't dealing with this. They weren't having to get beat over something they couldn't control. And as, as the strain and as the pressure began to weigh on them, and it's the funniest thing, folks. They've turned... Against Moses and Aaron. Go to the end of that chapter. I'm not going to walk up there. But you see where they turn on Moses and Aaron. If, if, what are you doing? You're causing them to give us more grief. I remember a point in my life, and you know, this is just anecdotal. You, you've got your own life. You've got things that have happened in your life. But I, I know in my own life, I remember down in Thomasville, Georgia, I remember getting up 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and I would go down to... Uh, the empty warehouse, and they'd given me a little space in that warehouse to load the truck from, and they would bring my bottles down. I took care of laboratories and hospitals all over South Georgia, and they would give me all the, all the tools that I need, and I would go down there in the morning, I would read the Bible. That's where I first started studying the Bible, for real. And I had that, my mom had given me a new living translation, but I kept that open next to the King James And I would read the Bible and I would pray in the morning. I still look back and I think about how that was some of the toughest work days I'd ever had. You know, when when the customer calls the company and the company doesn't send somebody, the company doesn't respond, the company doesn't respond, but then you finally find out that that customer needed help when you could have taken care of them three weeks ago. And you go to see that customer and the only person they have that they can vent on, is the man standing right in front of them. And I remember those days, I remember being tired, and and, and in my mind, it's like, wow, Lord, I've been studying. (laughs) I've been in the Bible. But here I am, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm facing all these troubles each day. The day seemed a lot smoother before. Isn't that a weird thought? That's a weird way to think, isn't it? But sometimes that's what people will do. They'll associate. The devil will give them aggravation when they start to get close to the things of God. When it comes time to go to church, when it comes time to to get in God's word, there will be aggravation. There will be a crying child, whether it's yours or somebody else's, but there will be interruptions. There will be things to pull you away. This is kind of where I make a plug, but I think in the next, and I'm still praying about it, but here in the coming weeks, we're about to finish up the armor of God here in another week, and I'm thinking we're going to start studying spiritual disciplines, and that's just, you have to make that effort to do things, to be close to the Lord, but they blame Moses and Aaron, so one of the things Satan will do is he'll make you busy. Bondage to sin, Romans 616 says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So it could be anything from a new job to a new hobby to a new relationship, new work, whatever it will make whatever will make the person either too busy to pursue God and get away from the bondage of sin it will look for an opportunity that is just too good to pass up. And uh, Exodus 5.20, And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh, and they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our savor, to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to slay us. So they come and they blame Moses. Now, it's important, number one, to understand the problem that takes place. If you don't know you're fighting a battle, you've already lost it. They didn't realize the battle that they were fighting. They didn't know what God was doing for them. Moses had the solution, though. Verse 22, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? And why is it that thou hast sent me, sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. And that's what people feel like. I think about the way of the master, you know, when he talks about the person with the parachute in the plane that doesn't know why he's got the parachute. It's supposed to make your ride better. And he throws the parachute on the ground. Man, this thing, he got, he got burnt from the coffee. He got uh, tripped up. He let people laughing at him for carrying it. And he just throws the parachute down. It's important to understand what God's doing in your life when Satan attacks. And Satan will cause you to try to blame the one who's trying to help you. Look at uh, chapter 8, verse 25. So Pharaoh will try to get you to compromise your walk. And uh, chapter 8, verse 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and this is after a few plagues. Matter of fact, I think it's the plague of the flies they're dealing with right now. There were several plagues, but finally, Pharaoh calls Moses and Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meat so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and they will not stone us. Now, first, to understand what Pharaoh was saying. Remember what God said. God said, Go three days into the wilderness and offer sacrifices to me. God wanted them to separate and he wanted them to separate from the Egyptians, go three days into the wilderness and sacrifice to him. And Mo, uh, Pharaoh offers a compromise. Pharaoh says, I tell you what, go ahead and sacrifice, but just do it here in the land. You don't need to go off into the wilderness. You don't need to make that journey. Now Moses knew that if they were to sacrifice, killing, killing sheep, killing the Animals that was abomination to the Egyptians, and for and for them to for the Israelites to stay in the land of Egypt and to sacrifice isn't what God said to do. You know God's laid it out what He wants us to do, how to come to Christ, how to get close to Christ, or how to be saved. God's laid it out. Pharaoh says, "Well, I tell you, well, you know, you don't need to go through all that. Just do it right here in the land." And you know, there's a lot of people. Let me make sure I got this right. Satan will tell you there's other ways to get to heaven. You know, the Bible says, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And Satan will tell you there's all kinds of other ways. You know, you can go to church. You don't have to, but you don't have to go all the way. You don't have to go through all of that. There's a lot of ways you can get to heaven. And we've seen that over the years. We've seen in the New Age movement where they look for spirituality without God. They look for spirituality within themselves. There's a way to be spiritual, but you don't have to get into all this Bible stuff. You don't have to get out of the land. You can stay in Egypt. You can make yourself, you can think and grow rich. You can have your best life now. You can have everything now. You can make your relationships better. You can make your life better. You can make your You can make things work better for you just by thinking about it. You don't have to get into all that religion stuff. You don't have to put your trust in Jesus Christ. You're kind of your own God. So Pharaoh sets it up. He says, you don't have to leave the land. Just stay right here in the land and and offer your sacrifices. That'll be fine. And Moses tells him, no, that's not the way it's laid out. That's not the way God laid it out. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." We were talking this morning in Sunday school about truth, you know. They've they've made truth relative. And uh if you don't believe me, just get on one of these forums and say that this is truth. That this applies to talk to them about the 10 commandments and see how much they believe in truth. I thought I You would think that everybody would be kind of universal on thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet. You would think it would be kind of universal. Well, there's all kinds of hemming and hawing. Well, you know, adultery, you know, it's not bad. Here's what, you're supposed to stay in a relationship with somebody and it goes wrong? You know, they'll come up with all kinds of cases why this doesn't apply. Well, you know, killing, sometimes it's got to happen or, you know, they'll come up with all kinds of compromises. You don't have to leave, just worship in the land. Moses said in verse 27, he said, we will go three days journey into the wilderness. He doesn't compromise. He doesn't let go and say, well, we could go two days or we could go whatever. But he says, we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he shall command us. And then Pharaoh offers him a, counteroffer. offer verse 28 he says and pharaoh said i will let you go that you may sacrifice to the lord your god in the wilderness only you should not go very far entreat for me now when he says entreat for me he's asking get rid of the flies please i'll let you sacrifice just don't go very far i remember coming back from vacation bible or bible camp i remember coming back from bible camp after memorizing verses and all excited about the things of God, and you get home, talk to your stepbrother or whoever, you know, and it's like, well, you just get all, you just get all kinds of, all into that religious stuff, don't you? You just get all kinds of religious when you come back from there. Oh, you ever know a kid that goes off to vacation Bible school or goes to camp? You need to be praying for them harder than ever. The devil will tell you, you know, that's fine. You can go to church on Sunday. But all this Wednesday night stuff and all this other stuff, do you really need that? You don't need to go that far into it. You don't need to go three days off into the wilderness. You can go into the wilderness without going that far, without getting caught up. Are you bringing all that God stuff to work? You don't need to get that far into it. And that's one of the things Satan will compromise you on. And he'll say, well, you know, yeah, I got to work. I got to do this. But your Christian walk needs to be a part of you. It needs to be a part of you every day. If you're going to walk with the Lord in this life, if you're going to see the blessings of God in your life, and I'm not talking about financial blessings. I'm talking about those spiritual blessings. I'm talking about the Lord being with you when you're in a bind, when you're in trouble. When you walk close to the Lord, that's how you get through those storms. But Satan will tell you, you you don't have to get all crazy and religious about things. You don't have to go all the way in. So he'll compromise you on your separation. You don't you don't have to have all you know to put aside all those things. Satan, look, that's fine if you won't believe in God and all that stuff. You just don't have to get carried away with it. Um, just by way of illustration, when you become a Christian, when you're saved, when someone gets out of alcoholism, it's best for them to avoid a bar, right? When someone gets away from drugs, it's best for them to avoid the places where they got the drugs, Right? If you want to serve God, it's best to get away from those places where you serve Satan. It's just kind of plain and simple. All right, look with me over at, uh, look over at chapter number 10, verse number 8. So Satan will compromise your salvation, and he'll compromise your worship, and he'll compromise your separation. Look at verse number 8. And I saw this a long time ago and thought about it because we were, well, let me read it and then I'll tell you. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh and he said unto them, go serve the Lord, your God, but who are they that shall go? Now see Pharaoh's given up on the other two points. Yeah, you can go out of the land. Yes, you can go into the wilderness. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be going three days. Nothing I can do about it because he's already had more plagues thrown on him. He said, so who's going to go with you? He said, go and serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? And Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds. We will go for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you as I will let you go and your little ones look to it for evil is before you. He says, go ahead and go. Go. Take the old ones, whatever. But you know those children, you should probably leave them behind because there's evil out in the wilderness. You know, one of the decisions that we made a long time ago, and this isn't all about me. These are just personal illustrations. But I remember in Georgia, I became more and more under conviction. And one of those decisions that affects the rest of your life is a decision to homeschool you know, it's okay for you to worship God, but you don't need to shove that stuff down your children's throat. You don't you don't need to brainwash your children with all of that Christianity stuff, with all of that religion. That's what Satan in the world will tell you. And when it comes to homeschooling, well, you don't need to do that to your kids. You know, one of the things I heard a, a bunch of times was your kids need to be socialized. I can tell you right now, looking at the world today, the kids are well socialized out in the world. (laughs) Because we're getting pretty close to being under a Marxist government, socialism. But they say your kids need to be socialized. And you look back in time, and you remember going to school, and you remember your friends, and you remember prom, or you remember things like that, and you think, well, you know, it is tough. It's a tough decision. But I also remembered several times sitting there while little Johnny was acting up and the whole class being shut down while we were waiting on that or this and that was going on or this distraction or whatever. And it, was, it wasn't an easy decision. Well, you're not, a, you're not really a teacher. How can you do that? How can you homeschool? Now, you had to do as the Lord guides. But our decision was to homeschool. Now, we did put our child in uh, into school for a couple grades, but then we pulled her out because <laughs> I, I remember going to the classroom. There was, it was Valentine's Day, I think, but I had gone up to the school and I remember walking down the hallway and there was quiet over here, quiet over there. We walked by one, I walked by one class. I, I don't remember if Didi was there or if I was taking something up there. I remember walking by one classroom and looking in the door and you know, the teacher there, she, she must have been pretty good, but they were walking by and putting cards in the bags, walking around the table quietly. And I heard all of this ruckus, and I heard all of this noise going on. I'm like, man, what kind of classroom is that? That was a classroom my daughter was in. And I, got, I poked my head in the door, and she's just ding, 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 you know, telling them to be quiet, and nobody was listening to her. And I can tell you from talking to Matt, it hadn't gotten any better. As a matter of fact, it spread from that one classroom on to others. I saw my son lose interest in learning. But, you know, it was a decision we made, but he got to learn about the Lord. We did a Becca Academy. He got to learn about the Lord. But, you know, Pharaoh says, well, you're going to go out in the wilderness. That's fine, but there's evil out there. You need to leave your kids behind. We'll take care of them. And Moses said, no, we'll, we'll take our children with us. And Satan will compromise you in that way. He'll tell you, you know, that's, that's fine that you worship God and all that. But you don't need to brainwash them. Verse number 10, he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you. I will let you go and your little ones look to it for the evil is before you. Not so. Go now, ye that are men and serve the lord for you, you, for that you did desire and they were driven out from pharaoh's presence. So he's telling you know the men go out there it's a rough world. All right, we've got one more. So it's the compromise in a sense of of leaving your kids out of it, of leaving your kids behind. Look at uh, verse number 24 in chapter 10. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind, for there must, thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not, with what we must serve the Lord until we come. <clears throat> now, by now, the world's gotten used to you being in church, but they can't understand why in the world you would tithe. I even get afraid to preach on tithing. And I'm not going to hammer it now. But I will tell you that when you, every time we've made a commitment to tithe, Regardless of what goes on, we've seen the Lord work in such a way that we were able to make it to the next paycheck. Now, I know there's those of you that got plenty before next paycheck, but I'm telling you, God provides. We've been at at those points where we've just barely kept our nose above water. And we've seen God come through in different ways. But it's not just for the blessings of God, but it's understanding that if you don't rob God, God's not going to rob you but he's not standing around with a ball back to beat you up if you don't tithe. I want to add this, because God loves a cheerful giver. You don't give of necessity, but you give because you want to. We talked about that line in Sunday school. There's a, there's a line when you read the Bible, and there's balance on both sides. And you can go to one side, or you can go to the other, and you'll be out of whack. But when you walk that line... You're looking at both sides at the same time. When you look at tithing, when you look at giving to the Lord, God loves a cheerful giver, but He does want you to give. He wants you to sacrifice out of your own heart. It's out of your heart that you give. I'm not trying to lecture anybody, but this was one of the compromises of Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, "You can go out there, but you're not going to, you know, leave your cattle behind." You're going to need those to survive. You're going to need those to eat. <laughs> I know a lot of times it's like, man, we need that for the bill. you got to pay your bills. You do have to pay your bills. Don't, have, don't let anybody say, well, he told me to tithe instead of paying. No, sometimes you just got to pay the bills. But there is that line that you walk in. You say, Lord, I'm giving you this just out of faith. I'm giving you this out of trust. Not a seed offering so you'll blow it up and give me a whole bunch more, but Lord, I just want to give to you. Now, the sacrifices and offerings of God are a contrite heart. Lord, <laughs> sometimes that's all we can give. But Pharaoh, if you listen to Pharaoh, if you listen to the devil, if you listen to the world, i tell you there's no sense in doing that. There's no sense in sacrificing to a God you can't see. There's no sense in giving offerings to a God that you can't see. Now, we make it or we don't. I'm not trying to pull an extra nickel out of anybody's pocket. Matter of fact, I've known some that have given their tithe but given it in other places because they didn't feel like enough was going on or something like that. But it's between you and the Lord what you do. Just let it be between you and the Lord and not you and Satan. You see how fine that line is? So Satan calls for a compromise of your substance. These are just some things I wanted to look at this morning. Because when I saw that, I saw Pharaoh just constantly compromising. Well, you don't have to go out into the land. You can worship your God right here. Tell you, well, you don't, you don't have to accept Jesus Christ. You, all roads lead to heaven. You could worship Buddha. You could worship this. You could worship that. Moses said, no, we'll go three days' journey. Well, you don't have to go three days. You can go off into the wilderness, but you, just, you don't have to get that far off into it. Let me tell you, if you, don't, if you try to walk both sides of Christianity, it's a miserable life. If you try to walk a life of compromise as a Christian, it can be a miserable life. There's a lot of times someone's saved, and they they try to hang out with another group, and they'll find out that group doesn't even like them. They say, well, you can can go, but who are you taking with you? You don't need to take everybody else with you. You don't need to shove your religion down their throat. Now, Adrian Rogers called it the compromise of soul winning, and he's right about that. Because the temptation is, well, I got mine. I know the Lord. And said, said, uh, I know that I'm saved, but, you know, I, I, I just really don't want to offend people. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to push it on people. There's a fear. I don't want to push it on people. Moses said, no, we'll take all of them. We'll take our little ones with us. We'll take our old men. We'll take our women. We'll take our, that's a bad way to put it, isn't it? We'll, <laughs> we'll take our wives. We'll take our children and our daughters. We'll take them all with us, and we'll worship God with all that God has given us. So be aware of the battle that's taking place. If you'll stand, Miss Maxine will play.